Stuff up Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Stuff up Saturday, uplift with love. Stuff up Saturday, breaking cycles, we rebels. Hey everybody, welcome to Self Love Saturday. We're loving ourselves in the act of rebellion. This is your favorite host, Dr. Anissa Shomo, family medicine physician and, you know, entrepreneur extraordinaire. And I'm joined today by our special guest, Rochelle Kyler. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, friend. So welcome back to the show. This is your second time being on the Help Is Love podcast, and that's a little bit of a different theme this time. So before we get into that, let us uh, tell us more about yourself, who you are, what you do. Yes. Um, so thank you again for having me back. So great to be here. Um, I am a technologist. My official role is cultural heritage technical developer. I work for my alma mater, Dartmouth College, um, and I'm also a current Master's of Arts and Liberal Studies program um, student, and I'll be working on some really cool stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit. All right, great. Well, thanks for being on the show. All right, so the last couple of episodes, we've been talking more about coping. Um, and honestly, that's really what my business is about. A lot of times, you know, health is love kind of gets the message is a little unclear. So for clarity, I've been just trying to explain to people that, you know, it's about trauma and healing. And the way that we heal is by working on, working on our coping mechanisms, coping skills. And I'm actually um, dropping a course soon called 14 day coping skills. So we'll get into that a little bit on a, another date, but today I want to focus on music as coping. Yes. Yes. I want to give some air horn to your course. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I'm really excited for the course, but, um, but I mean, that's one of the things in the course. So initially I kind of start out talking about like, just just things we can do to figure out how, if we're coping, like how to kind of check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of the course. But the other piece is I'm giving these um, toolkits. So it's 14 toolkits and it's a 14 day calendar to just really kind of break it down. Like how can you cope every day? Because I think that a lot of times, you know, people have different coping mechanisms and a lot of times people consider it like on the weekends I'll cope, but it's like, no, you got to focus on coping like every day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And you also have to make healthy choices about what you do to cope, because right. sometimes we can do some stuff that we ain't going to be just doing coping. Right. I call it um, I call it constructive coping. So there's constructive yes. coping that what yes. I say, like helps build a better version of yourself. Yeah. Um, it helps you live longer. And then there's destructive coping, which kind of tears you down and can shorten your life. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what my focus is on is trying to help people really understand that and trying to build some more of those constructive coping skills. So music is a great constructive coping skill. It's one of the, one of my favorite ways to cope my whole life. I've always loved music. I grew yes. up singing like you did. <laughs> yes. I remember our little like harmony. Uh, <laughs> <sessions>. <laughs> I know that was like one of my favorite like memories from high school. We used to yes. used to like braid my hair and we would sing like 112 songs. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Because Taking it back to the day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I yeah, I love that. And I love like all the music that was coming out from that time. Like you said, 112, they were coming out with the Room 112 album. Yes. We were listening to a whole bunch of like really good R&B and hip hop at that time, you know, in high school. And I actually still cope um, constructively by going back to listen to some of those same songs. So I still have all my CD collection, even though oh, wow. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> my husband talks so bad about me being a dinosaur but that's okay because I'm not getting rid of my cds but I can I always still have them I just don't know where they are <laughs> <laughs> I don't use them <laughs> right I still have them but I no longer have a stereo to play them on I'm like do they even sell cd players anymore like they I don't know how maybe in the we future actually... we'll be able to like put it in in our looking at our eyeball and scan it or something <laughs> in our head. I don't know <laughs> No, I still have, I still have it on, um, 
I still have a laptop that's kind of a dinosaur on its last leg that still has yeah. CD-ROM that can play CDs. And <laughs> then we, our stereo can play CDs. We, Robert, my husband bought that like, I don't know, 10 years ago. And you can still listen to CDs all the time 10 years ago. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That we, makes- have, we have vinyl. We have all of the modalities. We have vinyl. I'm sure I still have my old iPod even around somewhere, you know? (laughs) Girl, I was just about to say, my old MP3 player, I remember going to the bookstore in 2006, right before I graduated, and spending like $75 on this state-of-the-art MP3 player that could only hold, what, 256? Right. It's less than 200, it's like less than 100 songs on there, but I still have it because there are some songs that are on there that I don't have access to anymore because they were on an old computer or something like that. Yeah. So I still listen to it occasionally. I, it, it's, it takes AAA batteries and, uh, you know, I, yeah. I don't mind being a dinosaur for the <laughs> if I can hear some stuff that I, I can't listen to otherwise. Right. So. No, I used to listen to albums. I used to buy albums on like Apple Music all the time. And then everybody's Same. like, why don't you just get Apple Music? I'm like, because I like buying albums. <laughs> but I think during the pandemic, I finally was like, all right, I'm just going to get Apple Music so I can get as many albums as I want. Because Miss- it was just, I just needed, I was doing a playlist for the um, the yoga for Dr. Shamano's Love Yoga yeah. Sunday. I was, so I needed a lot of music all the time. So I was like, all right, I'm wasting money at this point. I'm going to go, <laughs> go ahead and get this Apple music. So, but I yeah. loved it. So it's not so bad coming into new times. But yeah, I have Apple of, music too. Yeah. But when we th- when I think about the old times, so this is our 20 year high school reunion. So, oh, girl. girl. So <laughs> back 20 years ago in the new millennium, I think about like back then, it was actually a good thing to kind of stand out. So it was like, you know, you think yeah. about a lot of the artists back then, and some of them kind of maybe look similar, like, um, they usually didn't have a similar sound, though. So they might, it might be, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of groups that had like, you know, four men or four women, like you had, mm-hmm. um, you had 112 and you had like Jagged Edge, but their sound was completely different and they sang about different things and that sort of thing. So, and Drew yeah. Hill, I guess Drew Hill, was they, were they four men too? Yeah. Yeah. It's four yeah. Men. So. It's kind of those things. You had a lot of those like quartets going on, but they all just kind of like had different areas of focus. But now it just seems like everything just sounds so similar to each other. Yes. And I have to, I had to break out of that like rut of not finding any good recent music. Yeah. Um, R&B in particular, because like you said, back then we had such a variety of R&B styles and different groups that were singing in their own little version in their, their own niche. little corner. It, had like a, yeah. it was like a, everybody was, it was more about developing your niche and your voice yeah. and trying to and, sound different. Yeah. And your audience. And like, I think a lot of it was also song, songwriting, um, right. which we don't necessarily like, I can't even understand half these people. <laughs>
consistent basis. But now you have to really seek it out. Like you said, the internet is so huge. It's an overload of information everywhere. And so one of the ways that I got out of my rut is like asking people older than me who I know are like music heads who have all the albums, all the vinyls, all the streaming services and ask them where they're looking for music. So some interesting things came out of that. Um, One of my good friends from Brooklyn, she was like, oh, I listen to DJs on Twitch. And I was like, I thought that was just for video games. And she's like, no, you can go on Twitch and find some DJs and they're doing, you know, different parties at different hours of the day. I've seen it on TikTok too, where a DJ or musician will just be up late, like, all right, y'all I'm playing a set or you know I'm going through the crates so there are some some little pockets of stuff that you can find um and then also I will say listening to the new R&B folks these days I've given them a try and there are a couple that I'm like okay you're doing something like I like lucky day and stuff like that like I, I I like I like the ones who are who sound old who have well it's not even so much that they sound old it's like they understand that music, if you want to like last in music, you have yes. to respect the music. Right. And you have to, like you said, you want a timeless sound. So if I'm listening to you 20 years from now, like we are with our 112 from back then, you know, we can still get that same like enjoyment, entertainment from the person because they've actually put that work into their artistry. Right. Yeah. Cause my favorite, like, you know, a couple of my favorite artists from now. So, What's, what's funny for me is, like, I always say that my husband and I were raised by old dads <laughs> because my <laughs> father is 70 and my father-in-law is, like, just turned 81. So, yep. like, we listen to a lot of older music. Like, I was I was raised on, like, Motown and yep. pretty much Motown, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> Motown but is Motown. Right, but my husband, like, Stevie, like, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, Marvin Gaye, like, the Ohio Players, like, George Clinton, like funk music. Like I was raised really on funk music for real, you know. Yeah. So that yeah. was the '70s sound, but my but my husband, his his dad was you know kind of came of age in the '60s because everybody is always they've done studies of this actually. So specializing in geriatrics, they've done studies to show that like if you go into a nursing home and play people music from the time when they were kind of coming into their own and becoming adults, that's mm-hmm. always going to be the nostalgia of music. So that's kind of what it is for us, like around you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. School. Yeah, those mm-hmm. were like, that's like our stuff. And it, I would go back and listen to it sometimes and I'd be like, this song is kind of trash, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. trash, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I don't try, I try not to be like too hard on the like new people because I'm just like, that's, that's just what they like, you know? Yeah, I, you know what? I had a moment like that. I need to share this because you know how much I loved Genuine back in the day. Like, yes, <laughs> I was a Genuine thing. And I, so I did, I also have album music, as I mentioned, and I, I downloaded The Bachelor because albums, like we're just, our generation is used to listen to full albums. Yes. And they weren't 48 songs like Chris Brown be putting out now. Yes. Um, but anyway, right. so I went back, listened to The Bachelor and I was listening to the beats and the music. I'm like, yes, Timberland did that. Missy did that. I love it. But then I was listening to some of the lyrics and some of the singing and I was like, oh, um, this don't hit like it did when I was 13. <laughs> right and I I had to think like okay yeah well when you were 13 your tastes were different your whole perspective on life was different so yeah back then it was everything to you and now I'm like okay I can still appreciate it but I can still see the differences and now I'm, I'm glad that as an adult there are other things that I can enjoy as far as music I mean being being like for first of all music was one of my majors (laughs) in undergrad and it's a big part of my master's research that's going on right now and so I have to do I've always had to do a lot of listening to music and also I have the old parents so all the all the music of the time um of their time growing up plus my time growing up is in my catalog but I also I think I think about ways to diversify the kind of music I listen to and not get stuck in a rut so I really appreciate like going to an opera every now and again or tuning into Met Opera HD which you can see um live online or to see you know live music whether it's you know a band a jazz band 
um, at, a, at a cafe or a coffee house or whether it's like a small chamber orchestra. Um, and something I used to do when I worked back at the Brooklyn Museum would be to do this program called Music Off the Walls where we would go see some art related to a chamber concert that we would see at the museum. And I loved doing that, like making connections, historical connections with music and art for people and just hearing how passionately people talk about music and how much their memories are being jogged when they are talking about their favorite song or something like that. So it was done so many cool like research-based things around Mm. music that's something that helps me cope is like diversifying all the ways that I include music in my life yes exactly so that's what I was saying even about the old dad so my dad he so so when we were high school the time during the morning show came on syndicate so Mm. I listened to time during the morning (laughs) show from the time I was like in high school and then until it went off and I was so sad but that was literally the way I heard new music yeah yeah like that song so like for me now the songs that I love are songs like I said they respect music but I love songs with instruments so I love like I love the newer artists who perform with bands and I've always loved that kind of thing like I think about so we I think about like you know we've been giving a lot of love to men artists but when I think Mm -hmm. about like women like two albums for me that were like some of the most impactful for women were My mm-hmm. Life, My Life by Ooh. Mary J. Blige. Like I've always Mary loved Blige, Mary J. Blige. Yes. And she always performs with a band and she's always just had like some that classic sound, but always just keep it funky and just fresh. You know what I mean? So yes. her and yes. then of course, you know, after Mary J. Blige, the next person would come along that was really that big, it was Beyonce. And so like, yeah. if you do the juxtaposition of like um, Mary J. Blige, My Life with Beyonce Lemonade, One of the things that I love about both of those albums is that, number one, they were on some real stuff about women, you know, the things that we go through with love and heartbreak. But number two, all of the songs on those albums sound different. They do. They do. They do. That you it's not like you're listening to one continuous song as you listen through the album. You need you're in a different mood. You're in a different like zone in each song. I love my life. That is like. I have that whole album and I've listened yes. to um, I'm the only one yes. I love like even just between that my life I also love share my world like that was that came yeah, I love share my world too that came out when we were in middle school yeah that that was a that was a, a, a key album like just the like you said that's interesting thinking about the juxtaposition of those two artists because they're two complete they come from two yes. completely different backgrounds yes. right right Beyonce's from the south Mary J Blige is from New York and right. they both have been able to tap in not only to just their black womanhood and what that means but they've been also able to tap into their feminine energy right. and how they've been able to wrestle with like you said heartache heartbreak you know potential divorce uh, um, dissolution of of relationships all kinds of things they address and then they also have the songs where they're like look I'm a bad bee right Um, (laughs) I don't know if you heard but uh I'm gonna be fine okay Right. Like, let me just remind you, even though I'm talking about some other stuff on this album, I need to slide this in just in case y'all forgot. No, they're both just so feminine. They're so feminine, but, and they just really, I think often as women, people try to tell us to be just like men. And Mm. it's like, and I'm sure, and that kind of, and that's the thing for me. I exist in a world being a doctor, being a woman doctor that is very like male dominated. I mean, there's a lot more women in medicine now. Like my practice has more women than men now. Um, But traditionally it's been a practice, you know, medicine has been mostly for men. And so often a lot of women, when they come into medicine, and I'm sure it's the same in the music industry, they feel like they have to imitate. Yeah. and, And in tech, yeah. They feel like they have to imitate what the men do. And so that's why those, both of those albums are kind of like great because they're like, yeah, no, like we can sell, platinum albums and still talk about the things that affect us and talk about our emotions and use that as a strength and not a weakness you know yes that makes me think again so thinking back to I don't it wasn't on Lemonade I feel like it was on self-title when did she when did she um bring Chimamande to um was it Flawless there but there you know there's yeah that's the self-title 
That's that's okay. actually that's actually my least favorite Beyonce. <laughs> but okay. you know, everybody's different. That right, album, right, right. that album, I could tell. The whole thing for me about art is like it's an expression of you going through something. You know, I could. So I was like Beyonce going through something, huh? And I don't, I don't right. understand, and I don't identify <laughs> with this. You know what I mean? You don't always identify with what people are going through. Yeah. So I just, yeah. you know, but I just I've tried to listen to the album and and get into it, and I just I just can't. I like um I like four I like um I, yeah, I always yeah, yeah. I always say I like the uh the even one so I like uh <laughs> B day B day is my like, oh B day is my B-Day. one I love it. I yeah. love four and I love lemonade like I like two I like four and I like six <laughs> but I love um Black is King and um yeah that was good the gift album like that 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 was just really amazing and that and that movie was really amazing so I just have you know, really appreciated what Beyonce has been able to do with embracing her femininity and just embracing like her blackness and all types of stuff over the years. And I, and I think that's why people always love Mary J. Blige too, because straight from the beginning, she was just like, I'm from the hood. I'm black. Right. We love soul music. <laughs> we lit. We lit. Care, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna do my dance. I'm gonna do my auntie dance. Yes. And y'all gonna love it. <laughs> It's going to be everything. Yeah, no, yeah. I I agree with that. And one thing I, I appreciate about both Mary J. Blige and Beyonce is, you know, they kept the bar high. Yeah, They didn't have to. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, expressing your sexuality through your music or performance or anything like that. So, Because I'm not saying that at all because I love me some twerking. I will, I will get down with the rest of them. But I appreciate the way that they kept the bar high as far as the kind of production like you said the instrumentation the performances those the thought that goes into those things you can tell how much time they take and that's why I appreciate stuff like the homecoming yes um just the respect for the art like I love art so much and I just I appreciate when people just show respect for and that's why I love that's why I love Mary J. Blige that's why I love Beyonce that's why I love Aaliyah or you know yeah. I still love Aaliyah that's why I love like my two of my favorite artists right now like you know that everybody knows is Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars because they're the same oh, they're way. like it. I they love one good. I've been to I stalked both of them at their concerts before they <laughs> teamed up and I tried to stalk Silk Sonic too but it hasn't worked out yet but listen, I just let love... me know when you get to Sonic because I need to get some tickets. I haven't seen either one of them on tour. So I yes. need to. So I just love people who, you know, pay respect to the artistry of it. And so that's what's mm-hmm. hard about like now. It's like you got so many people just, you know, like I said, the Internet is I felt like maybe kind of dumbed it down a little bit where people think they can yeah. copycat and take a formula and do X, Y, Z and it's going to work. And it's like that's not that's not paying really respect to the artistry. That's you trying. I mean, obviously I know people want to sell, sell albums. And cause I know like, yeah. you know, there's people like Ari, who, um, you know, it's obviously I've, I've always loved Ari, but she's never Same. really been as big as Beyonce, you know, for a lot of reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but I think part of it is like, you got to kind of innovate and change up your sound a little bit. And that's what Beyonce and Mary J. Blige both do all the time is be able to like, change it up a little bit talk about different things that sort of thing like you gotta keep people's attention um and so yeah go ahead I'm sorry no I was just gonna say and that's what that's what a lot of people who have longevity in the business do like that's even like Anderson Pack, Bruno Mars like they both have been in the industry for a long time Anderson Pack has been in the industry for a long time but a lot of people didn't really know him he wasn't as big but that's one of the reasons why I love him because if you listen to his albums they they're all different they all have different sounds that he's and he's you know doing the art and he's evolving and he's changing and he's talking about different things and I think that that's you know and there's a lot of rappers that I you know like 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 I love I love Big Sean's like Detroit too that's really what I listen to huh. all the time I listen to the Big Sean Detroit too like especially when I'm angry because we're both Aries we got that Aries <laughs> fire in us and I'd be like yes I, I feel like when I listen to Big Sean it's like listening to myself <laughs> I, so you know I, I might need to listen to that because you know I got that Aries energy too so got that, that fire <laughs> that, that fire but you know what's so cool about so I'll say two things one is that yes there is a formulaic type of situation going on with music and it always has I mean yeah, it always to, has. you know when Elvis was stealing our stuff right. and no, yeah. so it's like it's it, so you have kind of a, this dichotomy of 
all right, people who want to sell records, sell music, and then the people who are doing it for the art. And that's why I love, like you said, Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars. I mean, Bruno Mars has been a musician in his whole life, basically, and Anderson Pac too. And the fact that they're musicians, that adds a depth to their music that you can't get to. You can't access that if you don't know how to play an instrument. It doesn't mean that your artistry is, you know, less than. It's just that there's a different level that you can access once you learn how to play instruments. And that's something that is really important to me too. Like being able to um, write music, write songs, all of those things, play piano, um, trying to teach myself how to play guitar over the years. But like being a solid musician has been really helpful because not only does it allow you to appreciate music in a different way. um, And I know that you as a singer and, you know, someone who can access music in that way, like, that gives you a different appreciation too when you can hear something you're like oh snap I love what they did with their voice in that one minute and like that that kind of thing is really interesting to me just as like a music scholar and a researcher and so when I'm doing my independent study this summer I'm definitely going to be thinking about how artists have their own musical personalities and we can tell that in their music Um, And just by listening and just by, you know, hearing the kind of things that they do with their voices, um, because some of it is like repeated patterns. And it's really interesting to think about, you know, digging into the the depth of that kind of stuff is really, really cool for me. I know. And it's just kind of funny for me, too, because like even like when when Silk Sonic was announced, everybody sent me that like, oh, my God, two of your favorite. Like, everybody know I love Bowman. So everybody was like texting me like, oh, my God, did you hear it? And I was like, oh, my God, it was like Christmas for me. I was like, oh, my God. Well, maybe I should say Eve because I was raised a Muslim. <laughs> but, <Okay, right. laughs> but um, it was just the best. And one of the things for me that's kind of funny about seeing those two together is that like the personality of Anderson Pack is that he's super funny. So when you listen to his, like I love humor, oh, like yeah. I love comedians. So if you listen yeah, to his music, he is silly. his lines are just super silly. And obviously people have seen some of it in Silk Sonic, like he's super silly. But if you go back and listen to his albums, like he's always been that way. So, and then of course, um, Bruno Mars is more the pretty boy. So the two of them kind of teaming up, like with that pretty boy, like funny guy, like wingman kind of energy is hilarious. (laughs) I love it. They make chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry. And that's the thing. Like the chemistry is just amazing between that kind of duo. Yeah. Yeah. I love girl. My favorite, I will say my favorite absolute um, song from the Silk Sonic album, which I can't call it an album. It's more like an EP, more like an album. Like it's yeah, it's yeah, short, yeah. Right. but I love Seven 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 because yes. they really, really embody the feeling of okay, I'm at the Baccarat table or right. I'm at the Blackjack table in Vegas and I'm I'm drinking champagne and it's right. beautiful men and women everywhere. Right. I love that like, song too. I love I that love song too. But I said that my favorite songs from that album are actually all the songs that are not on the did not come on the radio. So I love 777 yep. and I love yep. Blast Off. And I yep. love Fly as Me and I love After Last Night. <laughs> After Last Night, we have me cry. And the fact that they, first of all, the fact that they were endorsed by Boosie Collins, yes. that just lets you know, like, okay, yeah, they know like they stamps. <laughs> <laughs> they know he know they live, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because Boosie Collins is still lit with his old son. Yes, so they got the sauce. And, like, have you gone back to listen to any Bo- any Boosie Collins? So when Silk um, Silk Sonic first came out, me and Jordan were like, "Wait a minute, this sounds like something." I'm like, "Well, obviously, does it sounds like Boosie Collins music?" Right. We went back to listen to some of his songs, like "What's the Telephone Bill" and something else, and I was like, "Well, uh, damn, yeah. this is <laughs> like it, right. it really is. It sounds just like that." And it made me think about some of the West Coast rappers from you know the early 90s like Dr. Dre like, like Dr. Dre and Snoop yeah. they were listening to right. that funk music and they yes. were incorporating that into the hip-hop and that's right. how the, you know it just gets sort of recycled and remixed it does yeah the- and that's I actually grew up drink love drinking I grew up listening <laughs> to um to Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre because my dad loved them so like mm-hmm. I was literally like 
in third grade or something when they came out, but my parents had a bakery, so my they could listen to whatever they wanted to at work. We all at work, <laughs> the same bakery, we in the hood, we black, you know, we lit. Right. So we was listening to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg in the bakery all the time. Of course, not when customers were there, you know what I mean? But right. <laughs> you got to keep it professional. Yeah, I wasn't being too ratchet. Y'all yeah, was no. being, you know, keeping it classy. No, but yeah, so we, I was, um, so that's what's kind of funny. Like, I was raised on like funk music, like, Parliament, Funkadelics, Bootsy Collins, yeah. Motown, Stevie Wonder, all of those people. Then, because, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and I guess a lot of people, like Tupac, all types of people, mm-hmm. uh, all of that West Coast music um, sounded like, you know, like uh, old school music. So a lot of our parents played it for us, even though they had cussing and everything. Our parents didn't care. Right. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> girl. As long as I, I didn't say it. Right, as long as, I mean, you listen to some of the 70s music from back in the day, they cussed a lot of those songs too. They didn't cuss as much, but right, it wasn't. But a, they did. Yeah, I know, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just interesting, but yeah, so those are, that's, those, so those are music, so like when I made, when I made the toolkit for music, I said that I listen usually to like Stevie Wonder, Anderson Pack, Luna Mars when I'm happy, uh, Aaliyah, mm-hmm. Selena, those are kind of the music. If I'm in that kind of mood, yeah. if I'm in more of a like an angry mood, then I'll listen mm-hmm. to like Lemonade or even Solange. Like what? One of the things that uh, so I started writing my next book, and one of the things that um, you know I didn't say in the book, but I kind of I didn't even realize. So mm-hmm. the same year that Beyonce made Solange, I mean uh, Beyonce made Lemonade, Solange made A Seat at the Table. And I had never mm-hmm. heard that. I had never heard that album because obviously it got overshadowed by Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Make the lemonade, big sister, <laughs> big sister, uh, little sister woes. Right. Um, but Janelle Monet, I, I love Janelle Monet's um, "Dirty Computer." So one day I was listening yeah. to um, her album, and it was like an autoplay on auto music and it played Solange. It played um, Cranes in the Sky, and I had never heard that song before. And I was like, "Who is this?" So. <laughs> I went back and listened to um, Solange, that whole album, and that whole album is just amazing. And I'm like, hey, they can't, they both came out the same year, but of course, most people heard of Lemonade, but they never heard of A Seat at the Table. Um, but so I would recommend people go check that album out. So I listen to that when I'm angry, and sometimes when I'm disappointed too, because it's it's kind of an album about coping, really. Yeah, um, it really is. She's, yeah. she's talking about, um, especially in Crimes in the Skies, like she's trying to, to deal with the reality, <laughs> trying yeah. to cope with life. And like, she's like, you know, I try to dance it away. I've tried to sex it away and do all these things. But, you know, eventually she gets to a point where she's like, you know, I, I'm trying to understand myself and how I'm coping with being in the space of like just being in reality and seeing how, how the world works. Right. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, a lot of it is, it takes time. So trying to cope is great, but obviously it just takes time. And so she just is kind of like, I'm doing all the things that I'm doing all the coping, but so that's why it's an interesting song. And I actually watched that video too, and it's a pretty interesting video, but I just love like mad about like how women, they don't like, they don't let women be mad and they just want us to smile all the time. So that's like, she's like, I'm not allowed to be mad. She's right. like, but I'm mad though. Like, right. I'm mad. I'm about to flip this table over just so you know. Um, no, it's it's the truth. And I appreciate I also appreciate that Solange is very alternative in her sound and her style. Um, and she's completely different from Beyonce. However, if I'm listening to Beyonce, I can hear Solange on the background because yes. a lot of times Solange does the harmony, the higher harmonies. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool to be able to like have singing in a family. And right. that just again brings me back to like all the stuff that we used to do and then being in choirs and performing and stuff that kind of stuff really does sustain you um because those are some of my like best memories we're like oh yeah I remember singing that song and doing that thing with that friend Um, it's so much nostalgia and that's why like it's a really great way to cope because it can just take you to another place like if you're feeling angry you can connect with the music or you can go to another place that it can remind you of too yep yep definitely that's how I connect a lot with my mom and not just because you know because she passed away but not just because you know we both loved music but it would be interesting because 
even the shows that we would watch had really cool theme songs <laughs> yeah. from when we were younger. Like that's not necessarily a thing anymore. Right. Um, Rory Jr. on Twitter that. said that he's like, I feel like this country started going downhill when the theme songs went, went away. He was like, I feel like that was like a 30 second antidepressant. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. Because I'm like, oh, please, don't let Family Matters come on. I need to see what was wrong. Like, well, I know, stuff? right? All that stuff. <laughs> yes, like even, even stuff like the Jeffersons or um, Good Times or Taxi. I mean, there are a whole bunch of shows from like the 70s when my mom was growing up and watching TV, well, really 60s, 70s. Um, and we would watch those old shows all in the family. And I can still remember, you know, episodes because I know the theme song and right. it is a, it's so closely attached to that music um, from the theme song that I can't let that go. But it's also those memories of being up late watching TV with yeah. my mom. No, and I got to go to school tomorrow. No, right. I don't be tired. No, yeah. I don't be tired. But like, wouldn't trade those times for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's like. So that's why, you know, for me. So before I transition over to what I'm about to say, I just want to say that um, one of the things for me that's kind of interesting about Solange, too, is I kind of like started one day. I was just like, her voice sounds so familiar. And I, you know, at times would feel frustrated that like Aaliyah died. Um, Mm -hmm. Aaliyah died like so soon. And then it was like, we really, you know, that I felt like she could have done, you know, been, been as big as Beyonce. And mm-hmm. it sometimes makes me, you know, sad that, that she didn't really get that chance. Um, but then mm-hmm. I started listening to Solange and I'm like, her voice really reminds me of Aaliyah, actually. If you listen to Solange, really? she sounds very similar to Aaliyah. And it's, and it's, what it is, it's like that Motown, that old school, like Motown sound. Hmm. it's kind of interesting when you go back it's like they they both kind of have that kind of like buttery kind of soft soprano kind of voice mm-hmm. but they have like really it's, it sounds different because they have like Timbaland type beats to it you know yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of how Solange's music is because I was like listening to it like I said it was I was vibing to it and I was like this just feels so familiar yeah and it's just it, that's what it feels like to me and I obviously like I'm sure she was more inspired by Motown or whatever than Aaliyah but maybe she wasn't inspired by Aaliyah but I actually kind of smiled when I thought about it I was like oh you know I'm, right. I'm happy that we still get to have a piece of her that she could have influenced you know her music in that way yeah I, I mean we loved Aaliyah I remember learning are you that somebody choreography? And yes. like to this day, I still can remember some part <laughs> no. because it was so iconic. And that was like such a huge part of our adolescence and growing up. And I'm so glad that, you know, Aaliyah's music is now released on streaming because yeah. I yeah. can access it. I have it all on Apple Music. Yeah, um, I just made her real with it yesterday. I just made her real with it yesterday. Yeah. Or this weekend. Yeah, because I was <laughs> I was coping. I was venting a little bit, talking about okay. <laughs> just uh I was talking about like um just my values and it was kind of similar. Yeah. I always say there's a, there's a Leah saying that I always say because I have to keep I always say I have to keep my boundaries thick. Because I'm a doctor and I just can't do everything with everybody, right? right. <laughs> so right. there's That's a line right. in that song where she says, I gotta watch my back because I'm not just anybody. Because <laughs> I'm not just anybody. And that you shoot, that line is so real that Drake had to use it. Yes, right. Because I mean that's that's how anybody is. Like if you that's really the thing, you gotta think about consequences, you know what I mean? Like, but so it's just it's one yeah, of those things. Really. Like all of us, like we all got you can't just do everything with everybody because whether you're a doctor or not, we all got responsibilities that we need to take care of and you gotta make the right choices. Yeah, absolutely. And be careful what kind of choices you make, how you're representing yourself. That's why I'm glad, you know, I feel like music saved my life, let DJ save my life. Like, uh, music <laughs> saved me because <laughs> it's so important in so many different aspects of my life. Yeah. And I don't know what would be, I don't know anything that's as important to me other than like friends and family and mm-hmm. loved ones than music. Like music is really that, that girl, as they say, right. you yeah. know, like it's, it's the, the major aspect of yeah. my life. It's one of my, it's one of my loves. It's definitely one of my loves, one of my favorite ways to cope and just one of my favorite parts about life. Like I love music so much. Yes. So I wanted, 
have it. Yes, say that again. So grateful that we have it. Yes. So I um I want to transition to talk about because it is so important in our lives. I was having this discussion with okay, so you know, we haven't talked that much about Spotify. We've been talking about Apple Music, but mm-hmm. my husband actually like Robert, he loves Spotify because he says it, I mean, they just have more playlists, that sort of thing. It's different for Apple Music. Apple Music is great when it comes to like albums and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as playlists, they have some playlists. I do have some Apple playlists and I've made some myself. You can follow me at Anissa Shomo on Apple Music. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, so I have, you know, my yoga playlists and different workout playlists and just all types of playlists on there. But um, Spotify kind of came under fire this year with the whole Joe Rogan situation. And um <sighs> But my thing about that, so that was a whole separate issue. But what it brought to me, what what it came to my attention was I'm just like, so they're out here paying Joe Rogan all this money, but they're not paying artists that amount of money? Like mm. you built oh. this, you built this platform for music, but you're paying comedians to have, you know, podcasts that I'm not trying to listen to. You right. can, I'm sure a lot of, I'm sure he, like my husband was like, well, he had a really big following. And so, pod, you know, Spotify was trying to branch out into podcasting from music. So they were trying to attract, you know, keep his followers, his listeners or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you made, you've made billions of dollars off of musicians. You know? Right. <laughs> so why That's, don't you pay they them? A fraction. They yes. see a fraction of that money. So I was just like, you know. Because NDRE, so speaking of, you know, we talked about NDRE a little bit earlier. Um, mm-hmm. She she was one of the people who was just like, I'm just taking my music off of Spotify because they don't really pay us that well anyway, you know? Mm. And so well. Robert was just like, well, if you're not being paid well for your music, then maybe your music isn't that good. You know? <laughs> you just like, what? maybe you need to make, make better music. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, like I said, I love NDRE. But he was just like, you know, it's one of those things like you got to compete like this is a free market like for me even as a doctor like I got to be a good doctor you know what I mean if I want yeah, to keep a job yeah <laughs> so I was like I don't think it's that I was like it's just you get so used to exploiting people because he yeah, was just like our, you know society yeah definitely. right he was just saying like you know he was basically saying that Spotify is not really doing anything different than the record industry did and that's just the way music is <laughs> And yeah. I was like, the, the problem is it's hard to really organize. Like they, I was like, they need like a music musicians union or something because, and I'm like, that's more the issue. It's not so much that somebody's music isn't better than another person's. It's the fact that it's hard to organize as musicians to like, right. cause I'm like, why don't you just give them free healthcare? Like, okay, right. you're giving them <laughs> pennies on a dollar. Like you can give them something. If you're going to pay Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars, Spotify can say any musician on there who set who you know who people enjoy and who hits a certain number of of whatever because then people can go out and compete and if they say oh you, if you get a you know if you get you know five hundred thousand streams or a million streams a year we'll give you free healthcare I'm like that you know what I mean like yeah that would be that would be compensation but I'm like you can't just be out here making billions of dollars off of people and giving them nothing and thinking that's cool like that's super shady you know. unfortunately that's how like that's just how I don't know how how our our society has come to operate that that capitalist like yes yeah it's how it's it but you're right though people do need the opportunity to organize um I mean we see it right now and this is not music based but we see it right now with Starbucks and we've seen it with Amazon and a whole bunch of places and a whole bunch of people are trying to you know make sure that their rights are intact and they're not being taken advantage of because right. these companies will take advantage of you right and that's the whole thing like people musicians love music so much that they would do it for free Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's like they're gonna make the music regardless because it's art. Like they gotta, they gotta make the art because it's in them. And they like Mary J. Blige said that my life album saved her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it saved her life. You know, so they do it, they do it because they need to. But that doesn't right. mean that we people should take advantage of them and devalue them. Like it's, it's made my life. It's added so much value to my life 
And that's why I like to buy albums because I like to directly try to support the artists. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it's one of those things of like, I'm just one person, you know, (laughs) these corporations (laughs) got to do better. These corporations got to do better and figure out ways. And I wish that. So the one thing that's weird about me even talking about unions is as doctors, we're not allowed to unionize. Yeah. Yeah. It's illegal because, like, if we go on strike, then people die. So, <laughs> but but nurses are allowed to unionize, so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't because nurses really are the ones at the bedside. Um, so if they go on strike, they people die also, you know. But yeah. they're allowed to unionize, and the nurses' unions just don't allow for a lot of things. But as physicians, we're not allowed to unionize, and I think that they definitely need to change that law because I feel like a lot of systems take advantage of us. And we don't complain about it, obviously, because we know and nobody wants to hear from us. But the problem <laughs> is that a lot of doctors are quitting the profession. So us not talking wow. about it, us not, you know, doing things to make it better. People just, people just quit, you know? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize. I did not know that at all. I'm glad you told me. So now I know like what to keep up with in the news and look out for that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's like that. I mean, across a whole bunch of different industries, folks are like, nope, no, thank you. Just kidding. Not coming into work. Thanks. Not, not dealing with it anymore. No. And that's, um, and that's what people have to so do yeah. because people have taken advantage of it for so long. And that's like, I don't want musicians to stop making music, but I'm just like, I wish they, you know, yeah. I wish they could figure out a way to unionize. I know actors do. I know they have like actors unions and that sort of they thing. They do. They do. So I just wonder why they never, why, and I don't know. Do you know of a music union? Have you ever heard of one? I don't know of a music union, but I know of the um, sort of things like BMI, the publishing um, institutions that help. Mm -hmm. So like BMI, um, ASCAP, I'm a member of ASCAP, and so is Missy, and so is Jane Brown. Ah. (laughs) <laughs> so like yeah there there are publishing companies that help artists sort of that's where the money is really um to be mm-hmm. honest is like in writing and publishing in yeah. music but yeah so there are there are companies that help artists make more money um by owning the rights to their music and like publishing their own music but I don't know anything about union yeah and there might be there might be some you know groups out there that are trying to help musicians sort of just yeah, make a make more of a living or make a better living from doing yeah. their art because it can be hard. It definitely can, and obviously there can be a lot of reasons why people have a hard time with it. Um, but I just I just feel like that's really unfair that they don't get nothing, and they, you know, and I'm sure Apple Apple Music, I'm sure. Well, what India Ari said was that Spotify pays them the least amount of money, um, mm. so Apple music may pay them a little bit more but i'm still i'm sure it's still not enough you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because well, i think it was like lucky day i think lucky day was on trevor noah's show and he was like he was saying that he had sold like you know had millions of streams and he barely got any money and he was just like the streaming companies basically are like well just be drake or just be beyonce and then you can get paid and that's what basically my husband was kind of saying it was like well they could just go and figure out how to be Drake or Beyonce. And it's just like, no, like, that's not how this works. I'm <laughs> like, like, no, you're taking advantage of people and that's not right. And like I said, like, you know, there's a lot of people who do it just for the love, but you offer them something, like so, something them something that's meaningful because offering right. people like pennies of, of dollars is not meaningful, but maybe if you offered them health insurance or maybe a free vacation or you know what I mean like right. something Some, that they could use something that's useful but yeah it's hard because like you said a lot of times folks just want to get their art out they just want to be creative and have an outlet and it's like okay you're, you're fighting against do I pay my bills or <laughs> do right. I do this music and it shouldn't be a trade-off like that you shouldn't have to make that decision right because I know a lot of musicians i mean even like you listen to uh like even one of uh big sean's um albums he talks about like doing dishes to pay the bills you know a lot of artists as there's a lot of the big artists as they're trying to as they've been trying to like rise up and become you know big stars of course they've had jobs and so i'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of musicians who haven't really broke that kind of level have other jobs 
And so that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so if you're doing the dishes, you may not necessarily have health insurance, though. You know? (laughs) And in America, we don't, like, we should just have socialized medicine anyway, so this wouldn't even be a conversation. But that's honestly what they do in some, uh, like, socialist countries, that they'll, they'll have, like, a stipend for artists. And Robert, my husband, just told me recently that he said that Johnny Depp did that because this, this whole like Johnny Depp <laughs> Amber Heard trial going on and he was talking about like <laughs> some of the details and people like doing like character witnesses for Johnny Depp and he said that one of them was an artist who um, Johnny Depp liked his art and so he just like put him up in an apartment and was like his sponsor for um, for you know years so he can get on his feet and so that's what a lot of I guess that's what a lot of artists do. They'll they may find patrons or different things like that. Benefactor. Let me find a benefactor. <laughs> yes. But some countries they they you know they may they may pay artists like a stipend um so they can so they can do something with it, you know. Yeah. No, I'm glad that those I mean they're hard too. Don't get me wrong. Living in back living in uh Brooklyn, I would be applying to like artist fellowships and all kinds of stuff. And those things are competitive, yeah. especially in a place like that. I mean, it might be different um, in a different environment in a city that's not so like crowded and also based with where all of the arts are based, but they're, they're competitive and it would be better if they were more equitable and easier to get because art is so important to so many people. And it's really what people use to cope um, and how, you know, what people turn to is is one of the easiest ways to say, oh, you know what, let me let me throw some music on and unwind. Let me put some music on and clean my house or let me, right. you know, set the mood with some music. So, yeah, hopefully there are some ways that we can start improving um, our relationship. Yeah, yeah. Our relationship with the artists, like just value and appreciate them. Yeah, make sure More they can, than just words, you know. Right. <laughs> make sure they can pay their bills and sustain themselves with their work um, because it's important. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that is a great place to leave it. Um, thank you so much for being here, Rochelle Kyler. Thank you for having me. Dr. I want to. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wish everyone a great self-love Saturday. And I want you to always remember that loving yourself is an act of rebellion. Amen. Thank you so much. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Self-love Saturday. Help live with love. Self-love Saturday. Break the cycles. We rebels. Self-love Saturday. Help live with love. Self-love Saturday. Break the cycles. We rebels.